Hi, it's Jess Fisher. You're listening to Episode 7 of Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog, the educator's version, where we explore some of the science featured in the story. Keep listening to the end of this episode to hear me and Nate Dufort talk about flammable, combustible, and explosive materials with supervisory special agent and certified fire investigator with the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, James Panos. Chapter 7, Mama Bee and the Boys hit me over the head. They they grabbed you too. Then you didn't run away? You didn't just leave me? What is this place? Doggo and I were in the back of a cave, blocked off by metal bars. Near the mouth of the cave, a shadowy figure Hello? was stoking a fire with a hey. long rod suspended over you? the flames. Why did you bring us here? I think she's Hey! I'm talking to you! Did you see those teeth? Enough, you threw. The girl's awake. Hello? Well, hello Stop there, young lady. Don't hit me! Knock it off! Not in front of our guests. Who are you? Ah, my name is Beatrice, but my boys here call me Mama Bee. What is that thing, Mama? Quiet, Grish! Yes, Mama. This here is Grimes and Grish you already met. He's the one who hit me on the head. It was supposed to be my turn, and you weren't there! Because I was busy catching the monster! Enough, you two! Go tend to the fire so we can get started. Go pick up your turn. You I got a last turn, not me. What do you want? Why did you lock us in here? Well... We can't have our guests running off into the night now, can we? This is wrong. Nobody told you to trespass on our land. And with that thing, no less. If you let us go, I promise we'll never come back. Ah, oh, appreciate the offer, but my boys would be so disappointed. I don't understand. Well, see, when you live out here, far away from other people, you... you learn to adapt. Adapt? Those apples you found. Grish hiked for days to procure them. We mostly live on whatever springs up between the rocks. That and whatever the river delivers to our beach. Your beach? With all the stuff on it? Mm-hmm. Everything washes up there sooner or later. I mean, half of what's in this cave came out of that river, and, uh, and the other half, well... Used to belong to others uh, we encountered. The cave was like a storage room full of things Mama Bee and her boys had scavenged from the beach. Wood barrels and broken furniture. And all the way in a corner, 
a large metal box labeled Property of Us Military. You're collectors, like me. <laughs> Guess you could say that. What are all the metal boxes? Found them in an old mining shelter deep in the mountain. They're our prized possession. Saving them for a special occasion. What? What's it looking at? You best tell it to put its teeth away. Oh, I said, tell it to put its teeth away. Right. Teeth away, friend. That's it. Thank you. What are you going to do with us? <laughs> well, right now, I'm going to help my boys tend to the fire. But I'll see you two at dinner. Doggo, I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think they're planning on making you their dinner. And if I'm being honest, maybe me too. <coughs> Believe me, I know. How are we going to get out of here? Oh, looks like your paw's bleeding again. Here, I've still got the cleanser from the librarian. <gasps> okay, listen, Doggo. I have an idea, but I'm going to need you to look as fierce as you can. Think you can do that? Grr, like that, fierce. Grr. Not bad. This just might work. <laughs> All right, we'll take the beast first. Careful. Mama said it's got sharp teeth. So do I. Ah, hello again, Missy. Hello. Something smells great over there in the fire. Eh, just some roots and veggies. Side dishes, you know. We're, we're fixing to have a feast tonight. One for the ages. Yeah, about that. Look, my friend here is getting hungry. I don't know how much longer I can keep us safe. Come again? I said, I don't think I can keep us safe much longer. You mentioned a feast, and it seems like my companion has the same idea. Only I'm sorry to say he plans to feast on you. What is she talking about? Us? You know what this creature is, right? Delicious. Quiet, you! Look, girl, it's not our place to know what these things are. And it won't matter once he's in the pot. <laughs> You've never seen one before? Of course you couldn't. Because this is the last one. The last what? You don't know? What is she saying? Stop playing games, Missy. I'm just telling you. This is the last dragon. Dragon? The last fire-breathing, man-eating dragon. Man-eating? Fire-breathing? You saw his teeth. I don't see it breathing fire. Like I said, I'm working hard here so we don't end up dragon food. As long as I can keep Drago calm, we might come out of this alive. Drago? That's his name? You ever heard of the village of Riverton on the other side of the mountain? No. You know why? Because Drago here burned the whole thing to the ground. 
left nothing but ash and bones. <sighs> bones? People bones? Why would he do that? Because he was hungry, and they weren't very nice to him. Lucky for you, I'm here to help. How do you keep him calm? I mean, what, what's so special about you? Two, three, how many animals do you see? I see three. What's she doing? Three, Make her stop! Enough! What is that song? Tree. You're looking at the child and the dragon that will save the world. Mama? If this thing can breathe fire! A whole village. Nothing but ash! And bone. Do you see any fire in that thing's mouth? Well, no, but... Because the child here is a liar, trying to scare us, so we let her go. But the river brought them to us, and we ain't let one go yet. You don't believe me? Why should I? Well, for starters, I'm pretty sure you don't want to get cooked alive in your own cave. Mama, if this cave gets set on fire, the metal boxes... I said quiet! Prove it, Missy. Are you sure you want that? You heard me. I said prove it. Okay, well, let me whisper in his ear and keep him calm while you take a look in the back of his mouth for the fire starter. Fire starter? Just a tiny flickering flame way back past his tongue. Here, let me kneel down next to Drago. Now I lean in and... Just follow my lead. Good, Drago. That's it. Nice and easy. Now I carefully open his mouth. I don't see anything. It's way in the back. You're gonna need to open the cage and hold your torches closer to see it. Do it! Hold the torches near his mouth. As Mama Bee and her boys opened the cage and held their torches near Doggo's mouth, Quietly turned around and poured the cleansing liquid onto mine. I brought my head back next to Doggo's and spit the liquid as hard as I could right into the flame of the torch. Fire, Drago! Bring the fire! Come on, Doggo! Let's get out of here! We started to race out of the cave, but as we passed by the metal box, I stopped. Mama's prized possession. <laughs> what is that stuff? Sacks of powder? I'll take the first bag. We grabbed the sack and we ran from the cave as fast as we could. Mama B and her boys were coming back from the river. Run, hurry, we've got to get out of here. Keep running. I promise. With the moon lighting the way, Doggo and I walked through the night, up the mountain, and as far away as we could get from Mama Bee and her boys. I had no idea where we were going, but after a while, I couldn't even hear the river anymore. I didn't know how we'd get back on the path to Haven. But for the first time since I'd found him, Doggo was following me, not because I had food, but because he wanted to. Yeah. Oh, I'm tired too. 
Finally, neither of us could take another step. We'd reached a plateau at the top of a steep hill, and we stopped for the night. No, no, not such a good idea to lie down on the sack. Once the sun is up, we'll take a look inside. Here, use these leaves. Nice and soft. There you go. Night, Drago. Welcome to Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog, the educator's version, where we dig into the actual science behind the episodes of Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog. I'm Nate Dufort, who some of you may know from the shows Unspookable and Reach, a space podcast for kids. And with me, as always, from Gen Z Media and Six Minutes Rewind is Jess Fisher. How's it going, Jess? <sighs> I'm, I'm good, Nate, but that episode was intense. Oh, my goodness. I, uh, I was on the edge of my seat. Will they get away and how? But uh, why don't you tell us all about it in this week's summary? Sure thing. Episode 7, Mama Bee and the Boys, gets its name from the very disturbing family that has kidnapped Iowa and Dog. And no, Nate's discussion today will not be about cannibalism. <laughs> but when Iowa realizes that Mama Bee and her sons have very bad intentions, she uses the librarian's cleaning solution to turn Doggo into a fire-breathing dragon. It was so scary ah! and definitely a daring escape, but... Not something you'd want to try yourself. <laughs> Here to tell us why and to talk to us about flammable, combustible, and explosive materials is Supervisory Special Agent and Certified Fire Investigator with the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, James Panos. James Panos, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, absolutely. On today's episode, Doggo and Iowa have some experiences with fire. Can you help us understand the differences between flammable and combustible materials? Sure can. When it comes to flammable and combustible materials, I first just want to maybe touch base on the fire triangle real quick. So when you learned in science class, for in order for a fire to happen, you need three parts. You need a fuel, oxygen, so the air around you, and then a heat source that, that actually ignites those two things. When those three things come together, you have a fire. When we talk about flammable and combustible materials, it has something to do with their flashpoint. So for a material to be a flammable liquid, uh, the flash point of that material needs to be below 100 degrees Fahrenheit. And I'll explain what that means in a second. And for something to be combustible, that flash point needs to be greater than 100 degrees Fahrenheit. We talk about flash points. That is basically uh, when, a, when a liquid's at a temperature where it gives off vapors, like when you smell gasoline vapors, it gives off enough of those vapors for it to ignite if you put a, a match or a lighter to it or any kind of flame or heat source. So uh, gasoline is a good example of the flammable material because we can always smell those vapors. Those vapors are always around. A combustible material would be more like a diesel fuel or kerosene or something heavier and tougher to ignite. And what does it mean for something to be explosive? So for something to be explosive, it basically is, it acts like a fuel in an explosion. And so an explosion, if you think about our fire triangle and you have the fuel and the oxygen and the heat, an explosion is the same thing or very similar to a fire, but it happens at a really, really high speed. And usually for something to have an explosion type of effect, uh, it needs to have a container or it needs to be enclosed in something to hold all three of those things together in, in one vessel or container. Usually in an explosion, we see the stuff that you think about when you watch a TV show with an explosion, you see the the bright lights and flashes, the, the loud noises and the booms. 
And then it also releases a lot of heat. A lot of energy gets released all at once at a really high rate. Are there ways for us to identify these different materials? The Department of Transportation has symbols for all sorts of hazardous materials uh, that need to be transported. And it's a unified system that you can recognize anywhere if you're on the highway or at a gas station. So for flammable or combustible materials, it's usually a red diamond shape. And it'll either say flammable or combustible right there on the diamond. And it'll kind of give you a hint of what's in there. For explosive items, those diamonds are usually orange colored. And they'll, they'll have little numbers and maybe little pictures on it or words saying what's actually in those boxes or containers. So next time you're at a gas station, you can look around and see if you see a, a red diamond for, for the gasoline that's at the gas pumps. Got it. I'll definitely keep an eye out. Do you have any safety advice? in coming into contact with these materials? So with when it comes to gasoline or flammable liquids, you know, they're very useful in everyday items, but when you have too much of them or when they're used in a non-safe way, they can be really dangerous. So what I always tell people is to maybe store, you know, limited quantities or small amounts, you know, just the amounts that you're going to need to cut the grass if you have a gas can. Always use protective clothing, especially when you're trying to pour it into a lawnmower or pour it into some kind of uh, a machine that uses gasoline. It's important to always wear protective clothing like safety goggles or gloves so you don't get it splashed into your eyes or spilled onto any of your in your skin. And with explosive materials, they're also, you know, they can be really dangerous if not used properly. But, you know, if you think about fireworks, that's something that we all use on the 4th of July and on holidays. If they're used correctly, you know, they, they're very safe. So it's really important to always have an adult with you, have the adult always using explosives or the fireworks. And always follow the directions that are on the package. Don't ever mix the fireworks or make your own fireworks or do anything like that. But I think the most important thing is when you see fireworks, stop, don't touch it, and really find an adult that can help you. Great. And finally today, can you give us an overview of your job as a certified fire investigator? Sure. So as a certified fire investigator, I'm, a, I'm an ATF agent. So I work for the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. And I'm currently assigned to our National Center for Explosives Training and Research. On my everyday job as a surfgator, I'm tasked with going to a fire scene and trying to figure out how the fire started and where in the building the fire started. And we work with our state and other local fire departments and fire investigators to help figure out the answers to these questions about fire. Well, James Panos, thank you so much for lending your expertise and spending some time with us here today. Thank you. I really appreciate it. You know, in school, I learned that the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell, right? Um, but I didn't learn about fire symbols, and I feel like I, I could have known more leaving school about fire symbols. I mean, they're both important, right? <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah, so there's so much of that stuff that I didn't know as well. And I love that uh, that James is so pro-safety when doing this, even when refilling your lawnmower with gasoline, talking about wearing protective gloves, potentially even goggles to be as safe as possible when doing it. That was some really great advice. Really good stuff. Well, that is it for this episode. We'd like to thank Supervisory Special Agent and Certified Fire Investigator with the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, James Panos. To find out more about the work of the ATF, check out the links and resources in this episode's show notes. Find your next adventure at gzmshows.com. It's starting. GZM Shows. Imagination Amplified. <laughs>